but if you missed last week, we uh, are in our new series, Into the Wild. And before any of you stress, we're not taking the coffee away. You are going to be okay. But it's called uh, about the mission of the local church, that we are called to be a people on the move for Jesus Christ. And so we said the statement last week that we're not called to just be a church on the block. We are called to be a city on the hill. And what I mean by that is that Jesus had a mission. He came to save and seek the lost. And we are supposed to take that mission in hand and freely give it to others wherever we go. And so Jesus didn't die for good church services. He didn't just die for a great worship set. He died for people. And we are called to reach people. We have it on our wall, reach far. We want to reach those far from Jesus Christ. And we believe that that is the mission that God has given us, that we are the local church supposed to go out and tell people about the good news of Jesus Christ. But we see the scripture that underpins this all. It's Acts 1 verse 8. And it says this, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so at the time of the statement, I don't want you to think that Christianity was at its height. This wasn't a massive political movement. It didn't have 10,000s of members at that time. There were about 120 disciples. And they were terrified. They were scared because their leader had just been crucified. And they didn't know what to do. They didn't know how to share this gospel. They didn't know what they were going to do without their leader. But Jesus says this to them, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And so what is this power for? It's so that we can be witnesses. And that word witnesses means that we will die for a cause. It means that we're going to give our life for something. So if I'm a witness for a particular thing, if I'm a witness for Christ, I'm going to give my life for that thing. And he says, but don't worry, don't you fear, you are not alone. I think so many times that we feel like we have to have everything down. We have to have all the T's and C's crossed. We have to uh, know what to do. We have to have the right words. But actually God says, don't worry, I give you my power when you go out in my name. And so tonight I want to say, do you know that you have the power of God? Not just, not just knowing his word, not just knowing that God is there, but knowing that he is with you and that he gives you power to go on this mission. And so he commissions these disciples and he says, into the wild you go. You're not supposed to stay here for safe, secluded, sanitized Christianity, but you're supposed to go out with my gospel in your hand, with my grace and power before you, and you go out and tell people about my name, about my goodness, and about my grace. And so he invites us on this mission. And he says, go to all the ends of the earth, to Jerusalem. Now Jerusalem was the angry mob who persecuted Jesus Christ. And I can imagine the disciples saying, we need to go there? They just killed you. They just persecuted you. They just hang you, hung you on a cross. And you want us to go to those people. And Jesus says, yeah, I want you to go to those people. And then go to Samaria. But Samaria was the, this wasteland of impure half-breeds in the Jew, uh, Jewish people's eyes. They're going, but you want us to go to them? They're the worst of the worst. They're the lowest of the low. You want us to go to them? And Jesus says, yes, I want you to go to them. And then he goes, go to Judea. But those are the people who rejected you, Jesus, who rejected your ministry, who rejected your gospel. Yeah, I want you to go to them too. And he says, I want you to go to everyone, and I give you the power to do so. Why? Because my gospel is supposed to reach. 
I came to reach people, and I came to reach the world, and this is a reaching gospel, not a small, sanitized, secluded gospel just for you and me. And so Jesus gives this commandment to his disciples, and the invitation of the gospel is come and see so that we may go and tell. Come and see his goodness. Come and see his grace. Come and see his favor. Come and see his life-giving power in your life. He wants you to come and see. He wants you to taste and see that he is good, that he is faithful, that he is just, that he is kind. And then he wants you to go go and tell because you have received that life. And so that's the invitation for us. And it's not just an invitation of a preacher on a Sunday. It's not just an invitation for a life group leader or those who know the word really well. It's an invitation for each and every one of us. Come and see so that we may go and tell. This is the mission of Jesus Christ. This isn't an optional extra as a Christian. This is the heartbeat of the gospel because there's the lost. There's those who need to hear about the good news. There's those who need to experience his grace and his favor. And each and every one of us were those people. Each and every one of us were in broken situations. Each and every one of us did not have life. Each and every one of us maybe were living with anxiety or fear or things in our life. And we encountered the life-giving power of God. And our lives were turned upside down. And he says, because you have encountered my life, now go and share that freely wherever you go. And I will give you the power to do so. And so this invitation is for anyone who carries the power of the Holy Spirit. And so the book of Acts is this amazing book of the power of God working through people so that the gospel may reach people. The power of God works through us, through believers in Jesus Christ, to reach others. This power isn't just supposed to be contained for a Sunday service. This power isn't just supposed to be contained for a good devotional time. This power is to reach the lost. And so when he says the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you, what do you have in mind? What would it look like if your life was a platform, platform for God's power for his purposes? What would it look like if your life, every area of your life, your thought life, your business, your family, your schooling, whatever area that may be, was a platform for God's power for his purposes? What would that look like? I believe that we would change the world. If we were all available to the power of God, if we all said yes to the power of God, the dunamis power of God, this word that comes, uh, gives us the word dynamite, but it's also the word potential power, that there's potential whenever we go in power, what would that look like in our world? I believe that the world would be shaped and transformed. And this book of Acts is men and women saying yes to the power of God, freely taking that in hand and then giving it out wherever they go. They are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit so that they may freely give wherever they go. And so I want to just jump into Acts chapter 5, and I'm going to give you a a time to turn in your Bible. If you don't have your Bible yet, I want to encourage you, bring your Bible to church. We are a community, we're a faith community. Let's read the word together, but it's on the screen behind me. But for context... Peter and John, they've been preaching. They've been healing a layman. They've been sharing the word of God. And they are hauled before the the Jewish council. And they say this about Peter and John. They are ordinary, unschooled men, but they could see that they had been with Jesus. Ordinary, unschooled men, but what was different about them? They had been with Jesus. 
They had the power of the Holy Spirit with them. And there was something different about their lives. There was something different. Wherever they went, there were riots. Wherever they went, people's lives were changed. Wherever they went, just because of the power of the Holy Spirit within them, people were saved. And so when the people of God are on the move, the power of God goes before them. When the people of God, when us believers are on the move, the power of God goes before us and it lives inside of us. And so it says this in Acts 5, verse 16 and 20. Crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits, and all of them were healed. That's quite a testimony, and that's quite a high bar to live up to tonight. But all of them were healed. Then the high priest and all his associates, who were members of the party of the Sadducees, were filled with jealousy. They arrested the apostles and put them in the public jail. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. Go stand in the temple courts and tell the people about this new life. At daybreak, they entered the temple courts. As they had been told, they began to teach the people. We skip to verse 27. The apostles were brought in and made to appear before the Sanhedrin to be questioned by the high priest. We gave you strict orders not to teach in this name, he said. Yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching. What a commendation. You have filled Jerusalem with your teaching. That's the order that I gave you not to do, yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching about Jesus Christ and are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. Peter and the other apostles replied, we must obey God rather than human beings. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead, whom you killed by hanging him on a cross. God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and Savior, that he might bring Israel to repentance and forgive their sins. We are witnesses of these things. We have given our life for these things. And so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I pray that you open our eyes tonight to your gospel. That you have given us your Holy Spirit, and that we receive it. It's not something that we work for or strive for or perform for. It's freely given to you, to your sons and daughters, to those who make Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior. And right now, Holy Spirit, I ask you to show your sons and daughters the Father. Will you show us the big core of the gospel, that there's a bigger story for each and every one of us, Lord, and that this isn't a burden, but a privilege to go out and partner with the kingdom of heaven, as the lost are saved and, and made a part of your family. So we just pray right now, will you move, Holy Spirit? Will you speak to us? Will you show us yourself, Lord? And we pray this in your mighty name. Amen and amen. And so the title of my preach tonight is From Prisons to Platforms. And th so throughout the book of Acts, we see men and women who say yes to the call of the gospel on their lives, say yes to the power of God, and then we see cities shaken and transformed for his kingdom. See, Peter and John were two ordinary men. They were unschooled. They were just like you and me. They were fishermen. They were ordinary people, but they were filled with the Spirit of God. And so Acts 2, we see 3,000 people saved. Then Acts 3, we see a layman is healed. The gospel is going wild. Things are on the move. Acts 4, the number grew to 5,000. And then Acts 5, a all the demon-possessed and the sick are healed. 
and then they put in prison. You think that uh, this, the story has ended. What happened to the power? What happened to the power for Peter and John? They now in prison. But I want to tell you that our circumstances do not determine the power of God. Our circumstances do not determine his power. See, is your life focused and orientated around his kingdom? That wherever we may be is a platform for his power and for his kingdom. Your situation tonight, I want to say, is the perfect conditions for God to work. Your situation, who you are, your personality, your qualities, your abilities, your financial situation, your family, is the perfect condition for God to use his power. See, we all cry out for God to bring more power in our lives, to bring more presence in our lives. I can imagine God sometimes looking down and saying, but what for? What are you going to use my power for? See, God gives us the power, but the power is not supposed to be contained. See, there was power in the prison, but there was, the power was never meant for the prison. The power was meant for people, for the lost, but there was still power in the prison. Why? Because Peter and John were there. Believers who were carrying the Holy Spirit. Believers who were carrying the gospel in their hearts. There was power in the prison, but the power was not for the prison. But too often, I believe that we allow our circumstances to deter us from being used for God's kingdom. We say, not me. I, I'm not the right person. I'm not the right guy. I don't know all the, all the scriptures. I, I may be afraid of people. I don't have the words. Uh, my life isn't in order. Maybe I'm stuck in a sin. And we, and we make a list of things that deter us from actually being used for the kingdom of God. But what I want us to see is that Peter and John were just simply available. They said yes to the power of the Holy Spirit. They said yes to the gospel, and they were just available. People were brought to them to be healed and, and made well. The demon-possessed were brought to Peter and John. They were just available to be used by God's kingdom. And so God wants to demonstrate his power for all to see. And this is the same power which created the heavens and the earth. This is the same power which closed the mouth of a lion. This is the same power which parted the Red Sea. This is the same power which raised Christ from the dead. This is the same power which rolled the stone away. This power lives inside each and every one of us. It's the same power. It's not a watered-down version. It's not a, a light version of the power of God. It's the same power of the Holy Spirit living inside of us. And so there was power in the prison. But is your life a prison constraining and confining the power of God? Or is your life a platform ever displaying the power of God? And that's for my life as well. Is my life a prison just containing the power of God? I just want more of his power so that I can get closer to him, so that I can draw near to him, so that I can be more Christ-like. But I never go out and use his power. His power is meant to be used. His power is meant to be on display for the world to see so that people can encounter him, so that the lame can be healed, so that the demon-possessed can be set free, so that people can experience his grace and his goodness wherever we go because his power is inside of us. See, I've heard this type of message preached a thousand times in my life. I've heard it and the pastor drone on and on and on. And I go, but I'm just not that person. I'm not an extrovert. I'm not the person who will go out and share the good news of the gospel. I may be more of an introvert and I'm maybe 
just actually I don't have it all together. And I want to tell you that that is a myth of sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. It doesn't take a certain kind of person to share the good news of Jesus Christ. It doesn't take, uh, not take a certain kind of person. In the purposes of God, we are all that right person. We are all that person to show his power wherever we go. And there's what I call the walkers and the talkers. There's those who want to share the good news and then those who just want to live the good news out. And we say, actually, I want people to encounter Jesus Christ by the way I live. And that's amazing. And there's some who say, I want people to encounter Jesus Christ by the way I talk and what I share about him. And that's amazing. But I want to tell you is that we need both. We need those who live out the gospel and talk the gospel. Because when a pilot is bringing the plane down on the runway, you don't ask him which wing is more important, the left or the right. They are both important for flight. We need to live out the gospel and we need to spread the good news of the gospel with our lips. We need to be available to his power and we also need to share the good news of the gospel wherever we go. He's calling us to do both. And I want to say you don't need to have everything down. You don't need to know all the scriptures in order to share the good news of the gospel. You just, your life is a testimony of his good news. See, we're not introducing people to a philosophy that has challenged us, but to a person who has changed us. That's what we're doing when we share the good news of the gospel. See, in verse 20, it says this, Go stand in the temple courts, he said, and tell the people about the new, this new life. What is the new life that you have received in Jesus Christ? For me, I was healed of 14 years of severe depression and anxiety. That's the new life that I have received. And I need to carry that wherever I go. And I need to tell people about the good news of Jesus Christ. Not that he's a God far and distant away. Not that he's a God of principles. That he's a God who can bring new life in an instant. That he's a God who shaped and transformed me. That I'm not the same person that I was six years ago. That actually he is fashioning me with each and every day. That he brings new life. That his mercies and grace are fresh every morning. And that is on offer for each and every one of us. And I need to carry this in my heart wherever I go so that people may encounter that new life. All we need to do as believers is to display that new life in Jesus Christ. We need to give account of who he is. And I'll never forget this. I've told this story before, but I encountered a lady called Magda when I was taking a bus on the beachfront one day. And I was sitting there just waiting for my bus to arrive. And this old lady, maybe uh, in her late 70s, sat next to me. And she didn't know me from a bar of soap. She didn't know my life story. She didn't know if I was a believer or not. But she just simply said these words, isn't God good? And that caught my attention. Because I'm like, why is this lady trying to sell me something, trying to speak to me? She doesn't know me. She doesn't know my story. But she said, and looked at me with tears in her eyes, isn't God good? And she asked me about my life. And then she went on to share a little bit about her life. That she traveled in every morning to Tableview, taking a bus for two and a half hours from Lavender Hill. One of the most gang-ridden areas of our city. And that she had lost one of her sons to drug addiction and one of her sons to gang violence. And she still had two other children. But she chose in that moment to still say, isn't God good? 
And how faithful is he that I have breath in my lungs? And how faithful is he that he created this mountain and he created me? And she started to tell me about the good news of Jesus Christ. She didn't know me, but she started to tell me about the new life that she had received in Jesus Christ. Can I tell you that that ministered more to me than a thousand preachers that I have heard in my life? Why? Because I saw someone who was so gripped by Jesus, so given life and power and freedom that I wanted what she had. We are just called to take what we receive from Jesus Christ and freely give it away. That's what we're called to do as believers. We are not not called to bunker down and live safe and secluded lives, just keeping the power for us, just wanting more of him on a Sunday, just wanting more of him in the week. And then he asks us, but what are you going to do with it? We are called to be the local church. We are called to be a city on the hill. And we are called to go out into the world so that people may encounter him. But unfortunately, I believe that the church has lived far too often with this bunker down mentality, this rabbit hole Christianity, just me and my Jesus. And so the church, I'm going to ask you to put that um, picture up with two circles. The church is in one circle. That's us, believers, Christians. We're in one circle, and we gather together with Christians. We do life together with Christians. We have Christians over for dinner. We play golf with Christians, and we just stay here. But then there's a whole world actually needing to be reached for his gospel. But we're just here bunkering down. But we're not called to stay in that circle. We are called to go out and explode that circle. And Jesus did not save us for rabbit hole Christianity. He saved us so that we could seek and save the lost. See, rabbit hole Christianity will not impact the world. The world and our ability to impact the world is on another island altogether. And we are called to go out, go out, take the gospel in hand and go break that circle. There's this amazing quote by Leith Samuel, a Scottish evangelist. He says this, Christ is going after his lost sheep and he wants to use our lips that they may hear his voice today and our hands that they may feel his touch. He is the soul winner. People are not won by us for him. This is a lesson in prepositions. They are won through us by him. He can win them without us just as he can speak to them through the Bible quite apart from anything we might say. But he has chosen to work through us and with us. See, this isn't a burden on us as Christians. And sometimes I think that we have to have it all together, that we need to know what to say. We need to have the right things laid out. He just calls us to be available, and he calls us to tell people about the good news of Jesus Christ and the life-changing power. And he works through us. He works through us, Life Changes Church. As we go out, his power rests inside of us, and he works through us. Your business is a platform to be used for the power of God. I believe that there are men and women in this room who are going to be given strategies to reach people. And maybe God's even saying employ more people when it doesn't make economical sense right now. But because the power of God rests inside of you, he will provide because he wants to work through you for his kingdom. It doesn't rest on you and your ability or what you can bring to the table. It rests on the power of God who lives inside of you. I believe there are people who will reach schools and universities in our country 
that others can't reach because of the message they carry. You carry the gospel inside of you. And so this isn't just a mandate for us as believers. This isn't an unreasonable, unreasonable request from God. This is the heartbeat of the gospel that there are people waiting on the other side of our obedience. There are people waiting. There's eternity at stake. Do you believe that? Do you believe that life changes the church? That there are people that need to hear his good news. And that our lives can be that platform to display his grace and his power wherever we go. That we are supposed to go out and tell. This isn't an optional extra of Jesus Christ. But too many Christians, myself included, are sometimes confined to the prisons of our own making and of the world's making. And the prison and the power was never meant for the prison. The power was meant for a platform to display God's grace. And too many of us are living in prisons. We're living in the prison of our own comfort. Where we don't want to be inconvenienced. Where we don't want the gospel to cost us anything where we actually have given out time and time again, and maybe we've poured out in the past, and it's cost us, and it's disappointed us, and now we're actually just fine with living in comfort, doing our things, and bringing our requests to God. But actually, that is a prison of comfort that God wants to break open so that His power can flow through. I believe that there are men and women living in the prison of prejudices. I want to remind you that He said the gospel needs to go to Jerusalem, those who persecuted Jesus, Samaria, the impure half-breeds in the Jewish people's eyes, and Judea, those who rejected Jesus Christ and his ministry. The gospel needs to go to everyone. The gospel needs to get into our heart and preference and prejudice needs to die so that the lost can be reached. How will our nation of South Africa be changed if believers had to stand up with the power of God and prejudice and preference had to die and the believers went out and preached the good news of Jesus Christ and included everyone in God's story? How would this nation be changed? I believe that the nation would be turned upside down for his kingdom. Do you believe that? That when believers go out, there's power. And we're not talking about some other believers We're not talking about missionaries around the globe. We're talking about you and me. Life changes church. You have power. Power of the Holy Spirit. You have been sealed with the Holy Spirit. And that means that He is upon you. Christ is with you. Christ lives inside of you. Christ has raised you from the dead. Your old life has gone and your new life has come. And you walk in all authority and all confidence, knowing that you are a son and daughter of the living God. And that wherever you go, you're not going by your power or your truth. You're going by the truth of God, by the truth of the word and by his power and by his might. And so he will work through us for the lost. And so we need to die to the prison of our comfort. We need to die to the prison of our prejudice. We need to die to the prison of our selfishness. Because it's not about us. It's about his kingdom and his name. There's eternity at stake here. There's people who need to encounter his goodness. Is your life, every area of your life, and this is a challenge for me, my thought life, the way I treat my wife, how I speak to my friends who don't know him, is every area of my life a platform for his grace? 
And does every area of my life show the surpassing worth of Jesus Christ wherever I go? That's the core and the heartbeat of the gospel. He wants us to be witnesses. And he says, you will be witnesses because you have received my power. This isn't just for some. This isn't just for the believers in Acts. This is for each and every one of us because there is a world waiting. On the other side of our obedience, people are waiting. He wants us to die to the prison of fear. And as Mark was speaking earlier, I believe there are people in this room who have a fear of man. You so fear man and how they will see you and judge you and perceive you that sometimes it's kept the words inside. That you want to share the good news of the gospel. You want to pray for the sick. But you're fearful of what people may think. You're fearful of what your friends may think. You're fearful of what your uh, family may perceive you as. And I want to tell you that we need to die to the fear of man. And the only person we're supposed to fear is God. He's given us life-giving, resurrection, demon-fleeing, addiction-breaking power. And he's calling us to give it away. And he will fill us and we give it away. And he fills us again and we give it away. There's people on the other side of our obedience. And then he wants us to die to the prison of sin. We're not supposed to live confined and constricted. See, the good news of the gospel is that Jesus Christ was confined to the grave. He was confined to the grave because of our sin and our brokenness. And the same power which spoke the heavens and the earth into being, the same power which said, let there be light and there was light. That same power sent his son in a womb for nine months to be confined and constricted. And then the son of God walked amongst us and became just like us and was hung on a cross and persecuted for our sins and our brokenness and was put in a tomb and was confined and constricted. But that power was never meant for the prison. That power was meant for the world so that the lost would be saved. Nothing can contain that power. The prisons of our making and the prisons of this world cannot contain our power. And there's resurrection and life-giving power in the name of Jesus Christ. And so if you are stuck in one of these prisons tonight, if you're saying, I'm stuck in the prison of my comfort, I'm stuck in the prison of sin, I'm stuck in the prison of fear, I want to tell you, will you come to Jesus Christ? Because He brings power. He brings freedom. It is for freedom's sake that He has set us free. The invitation is just simply come. Come receive new life. Come receive this life so that you may go out and tell of this new life. See, to live for Christ means to die for self. My life becomes an offering. My life becomes a platform to display His worth and His grace wherever I am. The invitation is follow me. Come and see. Die to self so that you may go and tell. Can I ask you to stand?
sealed us with the Holy Spirit. He's given us power. What are we going to do with it as believers of Jesus Christ? My invitation or challenge is simply this. Ask God who in your life you can be a platform to, to display His grace and His power. Maybe ask God to show you three names. This week as you pray, this week as you spend time with Him, three names who you can share His good news with. Three names who you can invite to church. Three names who you can love. Three names who you can pour out into. Three names who you can show the grace and the wonder and the pleasure of Jesus Christ. But I believe that He's calling all of us to come and see. And I want to read this over us, and I read this last week. But it's Matthew 10. Don't begin by traveling to some far off place to convert unbelievers. And don't try to be dramatic by tackling some public enemy. Go to the lost, confused people right here in the neighborhood. Tell them that the kingdom is here. Bring health to the sick. Raise the dead. Touch the untouchables. Kick out the demons. You have been treated generously, so live generously. Don't think you have to put on a fundraising campaign before you start. You don't need a lot of equipment. You are the equipment. And all you need to keep that going is three meals a day. Travel light. All we need is the power of God. So right now where you are, just as a symbol of surrender, just saying, Jesus, use me. Will you open up your hands to him? Lord, and I pray right now, Holy Spirit, will you come? Not in hype, not in hysteria, but will you simply come and speak to your sons and daughters? Will you show them how close and how near you are? Will you burden us a passion to see this lost and the sick and the brokenhearted restored in your kingdom? Will you right now seal us with your power so that we may go out, so that we may make disciples, so that we may tell the good news of Jesus Christ wherever we may go? that you will give us words. You will show us people in our midst. You will show us how to love. You will give us strategies. You will show us how to reach. That there's men and women with businesses, you will give them God, kingdom advancing strategies, Lord. But that as we simply come to you, Jesus Christ, we receive your power. As not based on us or our, our own merit, but it's simply based on you. And I pray right now, Lord, for those who are maybe stuck in prisons, who are stuck in the prison of comfort, in the prison of prejudice and preference, in the prison of fear of man, in the prison of sin, or you come reveal yourself to them right now and break in, or you bring your life-giving, demon-fleeing, Addiction-breaking, hope-filling, resurrection power. Power. 
thank you, Lord. May we come and see so that we can go and tell. We pray this in your mighty name. Amen.